Hello and welcome to the Coffee in the Green Room podcast. This is the show for rising talent, entertainment industry insiders, and those with a curiosity of what life is like in front of the camera. If you've ever struggled with getting started as a model, actor, or musician, well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with. Today's episode is hosted by Deneen White, writer, author, publicist, and TV host. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, and welcome to Coffee in the Green Room. Coffee in the Green Room. Hey everyone, Deneen White, publicist of VIP Ignite here and the host of the podcast. I am so excited to have Mark Christopher Lawrence on the show today. Mark, thank you so much for being a part of our virtual summit and being a coach for our VIP Elite Town Academy. We really appreciate you. No, thank you. It's been, uh, you know, fun for me. So it's been good. Yeah. Awesome. So question I'd like to start with is mm -hmm. if you had to put your life story in like three to five minutes, what would you tell us? Um, three to five minutes, I'd say, uh, Compton boy makes good. <laughs> okay. Can you expand on that a little bit? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, I think the, the view that people, you know, when they hear Compton, you know, that you're from Compton, they think of bloods and the Crips and the, and the rise of that and, and all that, that involves. And, um, you know, we actually moved to Compton in 69 and we were the second black family on our street. And then, uh, you know, by 74, the gangs had moved in and, and, um, you know, luckily I ran into a teacher that got me involved in speech and debate and acting. And, you know, here I am 38 years later, you know, a professional actor for 38 years. So there you go. That's awesome. Well, you've had a tremendous career. Can you talk a little bit about some of the highlights of your career? Um, you know, the, the first, my very first audition, I think, for TV was for Hill Street Blues which changes the way television was made. So all the cop shows that are being shot today are patterned after Hill Street Blues. Um, and then uh, I did Terminator 2, which changed the way we watch films because of the special effects. You know, so I think those are the two biggest things. And then, and then I did a little film called Fear of a Black Hat, which uh, one of my best friends wrote and directed. and uh, it was the first time that, you know, I had a lead role and the first time that I had a director that trusted me so intrinsically that I could do whatever he, he knew it was going to be fine. He'd come in and say, Hey, um, we have to say these words to move the story, but do what you do. And, you know, it, 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 it was great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I know that you're a classically trained actor, but you're also pretty well known for yes. comedy as well. I'm a thespian. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think I went to USC on a debate scholarship. And so um, once I was there, I auditioned for the acting, the BFA acting program, which, you know, teaches you to act, teaches you to uh, work with the classics and, and teaches you how to how to go from one thing to the next. And that's basically what I've been doing for the past, you know, 35 years is, is going from one thing to the next. And um but comedy, I started in the 11th grade. 
you know, my, my same English teacher got me in, involved with a guy, Perry Brents, who uh, was kind of my mentor for comedy. He and my good friend Lennon. And they got me on stage at the comedy store. And I didn't even have an act. And I did three minutes and was funny. And then Perry started putting me in these shows that he produced at USC called uh, uh, Evening of Soul. And that's when I did my first, you know, real set and just loved it. And, you know, once you get, I always say that you don't choose comedy, comedy chooses you. You know, because a lot of people that I know that started around the same time I did, you know, aren't in it anymore, you know, because they, they started doing it and hated it. Okay. And, and, you know, for me, there was, you know, I started doing it and the more I did it, the more I wanted to do it. And, you know, so it chooses, it definitely chooses you. Yeah. So in order to be in the industry for 38 years, you have to have a passion. So what is your driving passion for entertainment that keeps you going? Well, I think I, I, think I just want to be good at it, you know, and, and every time you work, you have an opportunity to be better than the last. And so that drives me to, to work hard and to continue to do it. And, and I mean, let's face it, it's, it's way better than digging a ditch. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely is. Especially if you're doing something that you love every day, it doesn't really feel like work, right? Yeah, well, I always tell people that the work for me is the audition. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's where the work is. Because once you get the job, then you can have fun. And so the stress for me comes, you know, trying to get the job. You know, the process of, of figuring out what the role is and trying to, you know, put your spin on it and, and still try to remain in the parameters of what, the, what they're asking for in the breakdown. And, and you know, uh, is my spin too much or is it, uh, is it going to make me different enough that uh, I'm the choice, you know. Yeah. I, I don't believe in rejections. I don't think you get rejected. I think they just choose something that's not you. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, if we look at it that way, then that's, that's, that's uh, better for our, for our emotional health. Um, but, but, yeah, so just, just to be able to, to, to get the job, that's the work of the job. Okay. You know, and then, and then once you have the job, everything else is fun after that. Yeah. That makes sense. So we work with a lot of new talent, as you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of them are bumping into walls here and there. They they're trying to do go through this and do that. And a lot of times when they bump into those walls, they find out that the company that they're working with is maybe a scam or it's not they're not exactly what they present themselves to be. Right. So how would you what piece of advice would you give to new talent? to navigate that maze of getting into the industry? Well, I mean, a general rule of thumb is, is if, if a company that you're working with wants money from you and they're not putting money in your pocket, then chances are it's a scam. You know, like agents don't, don't ask you for money. They get money from the jobs they get you. Yeah. Um, so, so I think, uh, New artists should should definitely look for you know legitimate agents, legitimate production companies. Um, I mean, there are companies like um, smaller theater companies where you pay to be a member of a, a yearly fee or a monthly fee or whatever. But then you work in every aspect of you know the the gigs. It's like you audition for plays, you you uh, do crew work and all that. 
and and help the theater while you help yourself. Yeah. And so I, you know, I definitely recommend that they do those sorts of, sorts of things. You find a, a theater that you can call home. You know, yeah. like I live in San Diego, and so there's a couple of theaters that I call home. You know, so so when I'm not when I'm not working as an actor or a comedian, then I go and do a play. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So, but a lot of times, I guess more for models than for actors. A lot mm -hmm. of times you'll go into an agency and they'll get you your headshots and they'll do all of that. And they may not charge you up front, but they're going to charge you on the back end, right? Mm. So I think, I, I think that a lot of times people have to take that into consideration as well. Yeah, and, and, and really, like, a lot of the, the legit agents, you know, they, they just give you a list and say, look, we like these people's work. You know, go get some pictures, pick one, and go get some pictures. Yeah. Um, you know, like, even even the commercial agencies are, do the, basically the same thing. I've had the same commercial agents for over 28, 30 years, I think. And and whenever I need new headshots, they go, hey, Mark, you need some new headshots. Here's a list of, of people that we like. But you know, go wherever you want to go, um, just just as long as they're they're pros. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's that's the thing. And when you're starting out, you you don't know, you know, yeah. you know, and, and and that's the problem is like we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And, some, and sometimes we 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 have to run into some adversity, and sometimes we have to get scammed before we understand it. Um, uh, I think uh, there's a, there's a quote, and I can't remember who it is that says. I've been a fool, and I'll probably be a fool again, but I'll never be the same fool twice. Yeah. So you just got to learn from those lessons when, when you run into them. Yeah, that's true. I had a pastor who used to say, you're allowed to make mistakes, you just can't make the same mistake twice. So I guess it's the same idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and sometimes we do. I mean, sometimes we, we do make the, make the same mistake twice in life. You know, we, we tend to you know, run into the same bad relationship because there's something about the guy or the gal that we liked and, and we tend to go after that one. But that person, that type of person is probably not good for you if it's not working out. Yeah. And so I, I think uh, in the industry, you know, if you, if you, if you look at the things that you're doing to, to better yourself, control what you can control. Yeah. You know, you can control your training, you can control where you get your headshots and all that kind of stuff. And, and so, um, everything else falls into place when you're prepared. So, so be prepared and then, and then help yourself in that way. That's the best thing to do. Yeah. Now I know that you, you talk a lot in your trainings about how to be prepared, like how to be prepared for the audition room, how to be prepared mm -hmm. for all of that. Can you talk a little bit about that preparation? Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, you don't, you don't have a lot of, t a lot of time with the material, you know, you may get it, the night before. And for me, it's like, um, I'm at a point where I go straight to producer. So I get it the night before I got to go, I got to go in like a pro and be ready because the producers are going to see me. Um, I don't have the luxury of doing an audition for the casting director and then getting some notes and then going back and doing it again. Yeah. So I'm going in once I'm either going to get the job or I'm not. So I got to put all my maximum effort into this thing, no matter what time I get this audition, I drop everything that I'm doing and work on it to make it good. And, and, uh, and I think it's gotta be that kind of commitment when, when, you, when you have an audition, uh, you, gotta, you gotta be prepared because everybody else is gonna be. 
Yeah. The one day that you think I'm gonna just go to sleep and you know try to deal with it later, that's the day that that your nemesis is gonna be on his A game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think as long as you go in to every audition, whether at your level, obviously it's a lot further along than the people that we work with. But as yeah. long as you go in and you give it your all, then that's the best that you can do. So you always have to be prepared. And do you, I was speaking to someone not too long ago and he, the analogy he used was that he's married to the industry. Do you feel mm. that way too? Like this is like, are you, do not you so, married to your job or to? Not so much anymore. Early on, you know, I felt that way because because uh, there were so many steps involved in the process of getting a job. You know, you'd go in and, and read for the casting director's assistant who'd give you a call back to the casting director, who'd give you a call back to the director, who'd give you a call back to the producer. And, and so now that I'm just you know, doing, doing the one audition, it's, 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 I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, you know, I got to the point where I felt like I, can, I don't have to live in L.A., so I don't. Okay. That's awesome. So... If you could go back to the person that you were at the very beginning of your career and give yourself one piece of advice, what piece mm. of advice would that be? It would be uh, when you get your first series, Mark, hire a publicist. Because the network are going to concentrate on number one and number two on the casting list, on the, on the cast list. So that person who's the lead and the second lead in the show will be doing all of the publicity for the show, all the late night stuff. So um, uh, if, I, if I could go back, you know, I would, I would have hired a publicist the first time out. You know, and over the years, you know, I've done, done several pilots and, and I wish I would have, would have uh, hired a publicist. I didn't hire a publicist until uh, I think the mullets. I was on a show called The Mullets which I sported a nice Jerry Curl mullet. Thank you very much. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you that picture. <laughs> I, I need that picture. I think that'll be the picture for the podcast. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, that, that's the advice that I would give myself because I think perhaps my career being a different place in that I'm a recognizable face. People know me, you know, you say, you know, the guy who was in such and such and, and then they see the picture, they go, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. But they don't know my name it, 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 or they don't know my face. You know what I mean? It's like there, there are people that, that know my face, and so I'm a recognizable face, and I'm not a name. And that directly affects what you get paid. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Yes, yesterday I did an interview with someone, and I showed him one of your coaching. I just took him through our membership site and showed him. He was like, oh, my gosh, you work with Mark Christopher Lawrence? I was like, mm. yeah, he was like, he's a great comedian. I love him. So I think a lot more people maybe know your name than, um, <laughs> but he was no, so excited. He was like, oh, my gosh. He was so, so excited. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good. I guess I'm, I'm doing something right. You're doing you know, a lot I, right. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I, 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 well, I guess about 10 years ago, I decided to try to brand myself in a way that I could, bring my name and my face together. And so my logo, you know, has my face in the seat. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that the business aspects of what this is, what this is, because you say, Oh yeah, we're going into show business, but still there's that disconnect where it is a business and you have to brand yourself accordingly. Yeah. And, 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 and reinvent yourself. 
Yeah. You know, I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm a better dramatic actor than I am a comedic actor. And in fact, my very first big agent, they signed me because I was doing, uh, I was playing Basilio in Life is a Dream, which is a classical play, this you know, very heavy play, very heavy character. And um, once they saw me do stand-up, they only sent me out for sitcoms for the, for the next 10 years, you know? Uh-huh. And, and so uh, it, it took a while to get back to a place where, where casting directors saw me as a dramatic actor. So luckily, the, the agents that I have now, they get it. They get that I can act and I can do it all. Yeah. And so they, they are very good at getting me out on everything. Okay. Now, how do you go through that process of reinventing yourself? You just have to get, how do you get your team on board with that? I, I, I tend to, when I choose a play, I, I tend to always choose very heavy plays. Um, you know, social content commentary um like like the last two plays i did i did uh then in 2012 i did two plays back to back i did a raisin in the sun and and i did um top dog underdog and so both of the plays very heavy although that there's some humor in there they're very heavy plays and with a lot of social commentary and uh it's an opportunity for people to see me in that light and so um, when I choose plays, that's my, my, my goal is to get people to see me, not just as a comedian. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, Mark, I don't want to take too much more of your time. I want to thank you so much for, again, for doing the podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of our virtual summit. And thank you so much for being a tremendous coach to all of our talent. We, we appreciate you. And I personally want you to know how much I appreciate knowing you and working with you. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure. Well, I appreciate y'all. I mean, you know, when, when things were slow for me, you guys were there for me and I appreciate you. Yeah. So thank you for, 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 uh, you know, letting me be a part of it. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thanks. God bless. God bless. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to today's episode of Coffee in the Green Room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. Don't forget to go to coffeeinthegreenroom.com for bonus materials, free gifts, and to learn how you can be on the next episode of Coffee in the Green Room. Coffee in the Green Room.